welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast with me, your host, Andy Galliano. In this podcast, I share with turkey hunters just like you how to have more turkeys on your hunting property and how to have more successful turkey hunts. I teach you how to do this with tips and interviews with turkey hunting pros, wildlife management tips, and entertaining turkey hunting stories. Tune in weekly as I share proven and simple strategies to help you have more success this turkey season. Make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe to receive free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews. Also, please visit and like my Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook and search I Am Turkey Hunting. And also feel free to post your turkey hunting photos from this past season and let us know where and when you killed your bird. For all of you Twitter users out there, please follow me on Twitter where my handle is at turkeyhitman and I will be sure to follow you back. And now, for this week's show. Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. You are listening to episode number 284, a Georgia turkey hunt and some COVID-19 updates. And I am your co-host and the guy who has figured out out what is going on with his turkey season so far this year and i am your co-host and the guy who almost perished in the mud this morning Uh oh you first so i got on a gobbling turkey this morning it didn't work out had a bunch of hens with him so what yeah. I thought you could kill any turkey anytime, anywhere, any place. If I'd had another hour with him, I think it, I had nice. to get to work. So that's my excuse. That's what I like to hear. If I yeah. had another hour with him, yeah. I'll send you a picture of him tomorrow. He's an eastern turkey that gobbles like a Merriam's. So he's going to be a fun one to tangle with. He's a very unique. He He's just kind of high-pitched dude, I guess. He's got all the hens, so whatever he's doing is working for him. But, you know, he's more of a... He doesn't have that deep roar to him. Maybe he's released turkey. I don't know, but a little more like Bruno Mars. Yeah, he just voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a little fancy guy, but anyway, <laughs> I left him to get to work. So I'm heading back. I got across the little creek, and I'm coming down to the creek, and it looks like a little four wheeler trail in front of me with like just you know a little bit of water running down it. The leaves and everything, you could literally see the leaves. There was grass growing up. It looked like there was maybe a centimeter of water running down this little trail. And so I thought, okay, great. This won't even get my feet wet because it won't even come over my hiking boots. So I'm just going to walk across this, you know. And I take a step, and the next thing I know, I am literally over my belly button in mud. And this wow. mud was the same consistency as it would have been as if you stepped into a five foot vat of cotton candy. <laughs> you you literally are just I was floating in mud. <laughs> and it's so it's thick enough to hold you there, but it's like not thick enough to hold body weight when you try to move a foot or something. You you're literally levitating. So I'm stuck. Like I am legitimately starting to freak out because I'm like, I can't move anything except for my arms and I can't use those to do anything. So my gun's halfway in the mud. My turkey wing is all in the mud. Everything's gone. I'm just in the mud. So at that moment, I'm thinking I'm going to die here because 
I mean, yeah, I have my phone and could call for help, but there's a turkey that gobbled over here, so I'm just going to go ahead and die here because I, you know, I'm not going to disclose the location. So I start feeling around with my arms in the about a foot deep in the mud, and I find a log. Thank the Lord. And so I use this log to pull myself out of it. And like as I'm pulling, the log is sinking further. So I'm like kind of pulling myself down and out. But I finally got to the bank and crawl out. Then, to make matters worse, I get out. I'm sitting there freaking out about how I almost just died in a mud pit. And a cotton mouth was less than a, like, maybe a foot away from me the entire time. And so he goes scampering off. I was actually taking a video of, like, holy crap, look at this mud. And then like on the video, you see a cottonmouth dart out from under my foot. So there I am stuck up to my neck in mud with a cottonmouth staring me dead in the eyes. So that that was my morning this morning. So you're, you're lucky to be talking to me right now, is all I have to say. Sounds like a good morning. Yeah, I'm going to go a different route in the morning to get to that turkey. Did your recorder survive? Yes. Everything... Luckily, uh, the turkey vest I just bought kind of, it's the run and gun by Nightingale. Mm -hmm. And it kind of is up higher on you. Like everything's kind of up more in the chest area. Yeah. And there's no pouch or anything. So everything, all my calls and everything were fine because it, it, it only came up to my belly button only. So mm. it, just imagine you're about to walk across, you know, an inch of water. And then the next thing you know, you're... Like it literally was like I blinked and then I'm in the I'm just up to my belly button. Wow. It was the craziest thing I've ever experienced. I've never had anything like that happen where I I just was like absolutely shocked. And then the cotton mouth being right there the whole time. I'm just imagining if he had decided he wanted to come bite me and I'm stuck in the mud. I mean, what are you gonna do? I don't even know if my gun would have fired. I had to I would have to pull it out of the mud. Yeah. So anyway. That's what I got for you on my guy who did something. Hmm. So before I give you a little explanation as to why I figured out what's going on with my turkey season, I have to say I saw a pretty funny tweet this past week, and you totally won't get it because you're too young. But when I was a kid growing up, almost every single TV show had quicksand in it. Yeah. And the tweet said something to, to the extent of, remember how when we were young, we always thought quicksand was our biggest threat to our life or, you know, something along those lines. But you don't ever hear of it these days. So I'm glad you found some because that makes me feel better. It's kind of like when I was a kid growing up in the 70s and 80s, I was always told that by the year 2000 or the year 2020, we would all have our own jetpacks, and that's how we would get to work. Still waiting on mine, by the way, people. I'd like to have a jetpack to get over the quick mud that I was in this morning. Yeah, exactly. So I wasn't in quick sand. It was quick mud. Yeah. Which yeah. is worse. It's wet. And you sh literally, I don't know what I'm going to wear tomorrow boot-wise, but... I've got some house cleaning to do on, on my turkey gear. <laughs> that is true. You do only have one pair of boots. Yes. Well, I mean, I have others, but I only have one pair of, like, hiking boots. And where this turkey is is, a you know, well over a mile before you ever even get close to him. So I'd like to have my hiking boots. Mm-hmm. 
So I mentioned that I figured out what's going on with my turkey season and why I seem to be jinxed. Let's hear it, man, because our buddy Scott McDonald broke the jinx this morning. Score this morning for Scott. That was exciting news. So I have called three turkeys, three male long bearded turkeys to within about 60 yards of me or closer and have yet to fire a shot. This morning, I figured out what the deal is as to why I cannot get a bird flopping on the ground. Now, two of those three turkeys I was calling in for someone else. One of them, and that was from this past Friday, I was by myself and had him at a maybe 25 yards. And I'll save the rest of that story for some other time. But Cameron, do you remember when we were in Georgia turkey hunting? Chip killed his turkey and the turkey was put into the back of chip's truck and put on top of my new turkey vest and i told you it was bad luck to have the blood from someone (laughs) else's turkey on your turkey vest oh man you remember me telling you that i do remember that i have blood from chips turkey on my turkey vest and i am 99.143 percent sure that is where my jinx is coming from mm-hmm. it makes so, accurate a, sense yeah uh totally i i think i'm about to tonight get my vest out of the truck and see if i can't wash that dried up blood off of my new vest and maybe wash that jinx out of it yeah well, I hope hope that brings you luck. Are you on any birds right now? Do you have a target in mind for the morning? I have had some incredible hunts so far this year. And, you know, I like to say, and I do believe it is true, there are two kind of people in this world. There's killers and there's everybody else. Right now, I am not a killer. And that's not a place I'm used to being. So I've got a little bloodlust. <laughs> Normally, I would say I've had, oh, we're now a little north of two weeks into Alabama season, and I have had probably five solid Alabama turkey hunts, maybe See, six. That means you heard one gobble. <laughs> 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 All right. So or, I, or you mean you saw one driving to your hunting, you know, back home on, on somebody else's property. That's a good Alabama turkey hunt just to I see saw a turkey. saw a picture of a turkey and strut on Facebook. That's a solid ah, Alabama turkey hunt. Now, yeah, that's yeah. right. That's right. So, yeah, I, I've had like my hunt Saturday morning. Was it Saturday? Oh, my days are all mixed up. Saturday or Sunday morning. I believe it was Saturday morning. I got on a bird and I was in Alabama. I know you're going to call BS on me here in just a second, but he gobbled, I'd say pretty darn close to a hundred times. It might be 90, it might be 110, but darn close to a hundred times. And he kept calling in hens. So he'd, co- he'd gobble and gobble and gobble and gobble and gobble. A hen would come in and he'd get quiet for 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then he'd fire off one time and then I'd call and he'd get gobbling again and he'd call in another hen. So he's getting right. He, he might be right by now because it's been four or five days but what that tells me is it's about time for some flopping to go on because 
our hens are getting to that point to where they're slipping off during the day to mm-hmm. go nest. And the best. I'm seeing some solo hens at 10, 11 o'clock on up just wandering around. So that tells me they're either looking or they've gone and laid and now they're you know trying to get back to the area where they're going to meet up with a gobbler in the morning or whatever it happens to be. So we're getting close. I would say normally I'd be really frustrated, but I've had some really good hunts. I just right now have a bloodlust and something's going to die and it will be a wild turkey before long. So Alabama jakes and bearded hens don't be near Andy (laughs) right now. Remember, the bearded hens are against the law, but... Oh, Jake's. Jake's. Yeah. Yeah. If you know what's good for you, find somebody else. (laughs) And I can deal with calling one in for someone else to shoot. That's perfectly fine by me. So, you know, and and I was a part of Chip's hunt. And so that was fun. But still, that didn't really satisfy that bloodlust because there's something about killing one in your own home state that really tends to satisfy that bloodlust. My favorite bird of the year is typically the first one where I'm by myself and I kill one and it's just me. Yeah. I find that really enjoyable because it's just kind of like you get to enjoy it all to yourself. I mean, I'm all for killing one with somebody, but that first one when you're by yourself, is that's always special to me for some reason. Yeah, it's just that feeling that you get, like, I'm back, baby. We're making it <laughs> uh, happen. That's going to be you tomorrow, so. It could I be. Hope, I hope you get him. It, it, you're very close. It's It's been too long, and but if I know you, what you typically do, you're a very hot and very cold turkey mm-hmm. hunter, and that's just Alabama how the cycle goes. When you get hot, you're going to send me a selfie probably two or three days out of one week. And then it's going to go cold again. It's usually how it works. Don't say that. <laughs> Once it gets hot, it's staying hot. It might this year. It might stay hot all the way through the end. How, how long we got, by the way, on the countdown? 25 days, 2 hours, 8 minutes, and 43 seconds until the end of Alabama's spring turkey season. On a lighter note, I am leaving for Texas in one day and about 12 hours so that's my next trip after texas my countdown will have to swap to my big trip that's hopefully going to still happen at the end of the year but still planning to go to texas so i'm leaving for there this weekend and i'm gonna hopefully get a rio grande on the ground yeah i wish you a lot of luck with that that'll be a fun trip and you're taking your bride to texas with you so that'll be fun too okay guys have a great time, and you guys be safe traveling, and stay away from the COVID monster, which, by the way, is topic number one for us today. Absolutely. So we will probably avoid going into Louisiana and then Texas, because I've heard there are checkpoints set up if you're entering Texas from the Louisiana state line, and Mm -hmm. I don't really want to deal with that. So hopefully they don't have those from Arkansas to Texas because that's where we're going to be going through. But we'll see. We're not from Louisiana, so there aren't any travel restrictions on Tennesseans entering Texas. I think we should be the last state that they put a restriction on because we helped them in the Alamo. We're the only ones that showed up. So (laughs) anybody deserves to come hunt Texas turkeys, it's the Tennesseans. (laughs) 
I want you to make that argument when you get pulled over with your out-of-state tag. I will. I'll be like, man, y'all have another Alamo, and you see who shows up next time. I'll rally my boys behind. Don't you remember the Alamo? Yeah, that's right. You know they do. So, Davy Crockett and the boys showed up to help. That's why they call us the volunteers. So, they're going to let me in. They're going to shake my hand and say, man, you're from Tennessee. We appreciate you. Here's all our turkeys. No bag limit. You can hunt anywhere, and good luck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm expecting. So no, I don't have any high expectations, but that's well, kind of the deal. plan for that. So yeah, yeah. do you want to jump in with yeah. story time from Georgia or COVID nineteen precautions? Let's talk COVID first because okay. I know a lot of people that listen to this show travel and turkey hunt, mm-hmm. and. It's something that Cameron and I both do. It's something that I actually had three people from out of state on my calendar to come and hunt with me this spring in Alabama, and every one of those hunts got canceled. My hunt to the Northeast just got canceled. Mm. So a lot of these cancellations have to do with people doing the right thing and being cautious and not traveling to help prevent the spread of COVID. And so there's some states out there that have taken some extra steps, like closing their seasons, their turkey seasons, altogether. And that's what Cameron and I want to talk about with you guys today, because so many of you do travel, whether it means that now there's a state that was on your list to go to this year that you can no longer go to this year, then you need to know that. But it might also help you plan a little bit for next year. And would you like to talk about that a little bit and one state in particular, Cameron? Yeah, so if a state is closed this year with their turkey season, that probably means there might be a few birds around next year. Assuming we're all still on this earth, you may want to plan on going to a state like that there's quite a few that are close to non-residents only but i know i believe the state of washington is postponing their turkey season so that's the first state we'll discuss they are at least closed until i believe the first weekend in may around then i think i think what i saw was may 6th it's something around there there will be no turkey season to that point at least in washington so there's still potential for them opening up for the last, I think, three weeks of their season. So there's your update on Washington. But you may want to plan some of those states that are canceling for next year. because So, you know, a lot of the states are requiring non-residents who live in one of those hot zone states like New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Louisiana, California, Washington— they're requiring non-residents who come into their states to self-quarantine for 14 days when entering the state. Now, that's the requirement. You guys need to be aware of which states require that if you still plan on traveling this year for turkey hunting. So you need to keep a watch out there for these changes because It is so fluid, as you know, with everything else that's going on in the country that is on today, off tomorrow, off today, on tomorrow, on today, but still on tomorrow with 92 different conditions for it to take place tomorrow. So 
the situation is very fluid and we need to stay on top of those things if we're planning on traveling. Nebraska has recently suspended the sale of their non-resident spring turkey permits. Yes. Now, if you have a permit already, you can still go and exactly. fill that tag. I know that's you right. might. Sorry for cutting you off. You're about no, to say that. No, that's good. You cannot buy new tags. Yeah. But you can fill the tags that you've already purchased, or they're refunding the cost of the tags if you decide not to go, which I think is awesome that they're doing that. Yeah. Another state would be Oklahoma. You can still hunt there, but if you are a resident of New York, New Jersey, Connecticut, Louisiana, California, or Washington, they require you to self-quarantine for 14 days upon entry into their state. So if you're going to Turkey on Oklahoma and you're from one of those states, plan to go for at least 16 days because mm-hmm. you're not going to be hunting the first 15. Colorado says they're open for business out in the yes. woods, but they will gladly refund you if you're a non-resident who's bought a license. They'll refund the cost 100%. And this is kind of cool too. They will restore any turkey preference points that you used to get the permit that you got with them very good that's a good thing for them because i know a lot of people put in for draws in the state of colorado and it would be sad to have finally gotten drawn and not be able to go yeah so that's great for them and i know also today it came out kentucky no more non-residents are going to be hunting in kentucky this season but if you purchased your permit prior to Friday, April 3rd, then you're okay. Yep. You just so, have to quarantine for 14 days upon arrival. Yeah. So that makes it kind of tough, but you could still go, I suppose. I wonder, does self-quarantining in Kentucky for 14 days, does that include outdoors activities? I don't know. And I'm definitely not going to be the one to offer anyone legal advice. Yeah. I know in Tennessee, outdoor activities are considered essential, judging by our governor's speech. So, But essential in a, an activity or the process of quarantining yourself may or may not be the same. Yeah. So, so if you're going to Kentucky and you're a non-resident and you haven't bought your license, you're not going to be buying one. If you already have your license, you may want to check with maybe the state officials and see what that self-quarantine process entails. Yeah. And speaking of self-quarantining, Kansas says, come on and hunt with us, but you got to quarantine for 14 days when you come in. Mm-hmm. Louisiana, they say, bring it on. We're open for business, baby. Hey. Bring your uninfected self over here to Louisiana. We'll get you infected and send you right on back home. Yeah. You can get you some boudin and coronavirus all in one trip. Man, that's a good trip. That's a good trip. <laughs> Tennessee's on board with uh, Louisiana. My home state is saying, bring it on. We only charge you 300 and some odd dollars to hunt here. Please bring us your business. Yeah. So Tennessee's still open. I know. Alabama's still open for non-residents. Yes. Uh, if COVID-19 is not enough reason, call me and I'll talk you out of going there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing that... In doing some research on this topic, one thing that I found that I thought was pretty interesting is some of the 
areas within certain states are federal lands, and some of these federal lands have been closed, which means no hunting on them. So the Buffalo National River in Arkansas, which is a U.S. national park, is closed. It's closed for camping, it's closed for paddling, it's closed for fishing, it's closed for hunting, and because the Buffalo River WMA is on the Buffalo National River, the Buffalo River WMA is also closed for all of those activities. So mm. we need to pay attention to, okay, Arkansas is open, but if I'm going to go to the Buffalo River, well, now all of a sudden it's not open. So we have to pay attention to the areas within those states that we're going to hunt as well. Now, what I thought was pretty interesting, I read an article specifically about the Buffalo National River and the state closing it. State officials said that, I don't remember the exact number of people that checked into the park, but the wildlife officials were driving around and park officials were driving around. They said that 60% of the license plates that they saw of vehicles parked for people out enjoying the National River were out of state. Mm. So they're trying by shutting down Buffalo River to keep these out-of-staters where they came from. This is, and I know it doesn't sound like it's really that big of a deal, because for someone who lives in, oh, let's say Texarkana, Texas, are you really in Texas or are you really in Arkansas? So the state of Arkansas says you're not in Arkansas. So these are things that we need to definitely be looking at to make sure that we are not going somewhere that's been closed, going somewhere that could be closed very soon, and we have to plan our trip or replan a trip. Yep. So, you know, there's there's these things we have to look at we need to keep in mind. And like I said, the situation's fluid. You can check it today, and it may be good. You get in your vehicle to drive there tomorrow, and they may have a checkpoint at the state line, and you may be turning around and go back home. Yep. So, Might be me going to Texas tomorrow, but it's a risk I'm willing to take. Could be. It could be. So I know also, I don't think we've mentioned Ohio has suspended non-resident licenses. I forgot about Ohio. Yes. And I believe Idaho, I think they have either suspended non-resident or have canceled their turkey season. I can't remember. I believe they just suspended non-residents. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did not cancel. Okay. And then also, I think Illinois closed their state held public lands mm -hmm. so i i haven't looked into it a ton i wasn't planning on going to illinois but you may be able to still hunt national forest property and you know federal land but i know the state land is closed yeah i'm i'm just gonna say that this situation is so fluid we might be better off calling the game and fish department for the state that we're planning on going on a hunt in Mm-hmm. And asking specifically, are you still selling non-resident licenses? Has the season been shut off for non-residents, closed for non-residents? Is XYZ area, this piece of public land, is it still open for hunting? Yeah. And we need to do it the day. All right. That's all we've got for you guys for the free portion of this week's episode of the Turkey Hunter Podcast. If you would like to hear the rest of this week's episode, then you can do that in one of two ways. 
number one. You can buy just this week's episode by going to www.theturkeyhunterpodcast.com and clicking on the episode number 284PS. That stands for Premium Single. And you can pay 99 cents and hear the rest of this week's episode where Cameron may or may not have fired a shot or two in Georgia. The other way that you can hear the rest of this week's episode is by becoming an annual premium subscriber. And the way you do that is first you'll need to text the word Turkey Hunter. Make it one word with no spaces. Text it to the number 44222. After you do that, you'll just follow some simple instructions and eventually I will email you a link that you can click on to create your username and password on the Podbean application and pay the $18 per year subscription fee for the premium content of the Turkey Hunter podcast. Your $18 will get you not only the rest of this week's episode, but it will get you all of the premium content for all of our past episodes, which is about three years worth, and it'll get you the premium content for the next 52 weeks. There's a bunch of content that you're going to unlock by paying 18 bucks a year. And Cameron and I do not think that you'll be disappointed with that. You will not be. I have a feeling if your bride plans for you to attend another wedding in the state of Georgia during turkey season, you'll be there hunting without a doubt. That is a fact. And maybe even if not. So Georgia was great. And I was really happy that I planned some trips early season this year because of this COVID problem that we're having. Yeah, no Seems joke. like the early season trips were the way to go. So if there ever was a year to start the season early, this one really is going to pay off that I was able to go early. Yes, sir. Very cool. So, you know, we still have a contest going on. And correct me if I'm wrong, because you really are on social media more than I am. We did not have a single entry this week, did we? I got one today. Oh, hey, hey. All right. Yes. By Button Buck Killer. Ooh, that may be I, me. <laughs> I love that name, to be honest. That's hilarious. Uh, so that's a good Instagram handle, Mr. Button Buck Killer. Yes, it but is. We got your entry, and it's a pretty strong one. I'm not going to lie. So he's going to be a contender for sure. So we did get one. I think we also may have gotten one on Facebook today. Awesome. So we're getting a few, but. It's still pretty high odds. If you have a decent owl hoot, you have a pretty good odds at getting this custom call by Preston Pittman, one of one for you. So send us your best owl hoot on social media at the Godfather 49 or the Turkey Hunter podcast on Facebook or at Turkey Hitman on Twitter, anything like that. So please send us your submission of your best natural voice owl hoot and you'll be entered to win a one-of-one custom box call by Preston Pittman, the NWTF Hall of Famer. I think you'll want it. And you got pretty good chances right now if your owl hoot is up to par. Very cool. Yeah, I have, and I don't know if it's just allergy season or 
you know, maybe I'm getting older and my voice is just not quite the same, but my owl hooter is not quite what it used to be. <laughs> so don't have it don't have it in you anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to say it's got more to do with allergies than anything because this year seems to be a doozy for me. The pollen is on another level this year. Yeah, yeah. I look like a school bus when I come out of the woods right now. It is ridiculous. Yeah, it's kind of crazy for sure. So, yeah. Honestly, I haven't had to owl hoot at all this year. The turkeys are gobbling so well that it's, I haven't hardly broke it out. So, yeah. Well, I've had a revelation at my hunting camp, and that is that we have so many hens down there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when I first started turkey hunting, I thought, oh, man, if I could just get rid of some of these hens, I could kill some gobblers. Well, now that I'm older, I'm like, yeah, come on across the road, sweetheart. Take your time. Don't worry about me running you over because I'm going to stop everybody around here. I want as many Mm -hmm. hens in the woods as we can get. Absolutely. And so if I just let the woods wake up on their own, which is the way that I, that's really how I like to hunt. Mm -hmm. Other than making a few turkey calls, a few yelps and clucks and purrs, some scratching in the leaves, I don't want a turkey or an owl or a crow to know I was even in the neighborhood. So I usually just let the woods wake up on their own. But I can't do that on the hunting camp because there's so many hens on the property. So Mm -hmm. I've got a hoot. I've got a crow call even 10 minutes before what I think is gobbling time because you never know when one's going to crank off early because that's always advantageous. Yeah, no doubt. You pretty well have to get in the woods underneath the tree that the gobbler is roosted in to stand a chance down there because there's so many hens. So, you know, I'm hooting a lot more this year, creeping on into three weeks in the season getting right on up to it now and i bet you i've hooted more this season than i have the past five combined wow been hitting them with that wind up crow you do yeah you know i still do that every now and again hey it works i have no doubt i've seen it in multiple states at this point the old wind up crow is a good tool in the bag of tricks because it has worked many times. Is that your calling tip for the day? Yeah, we'll go with that. There's your calling tip of the day. Learn Andy's specialty, wind up crow. What I mean by that is he begins his crow with a... It's as if a crow is becoming aggravated and then he hits him with that at the very end. There he is. You wind him up, and you hit him with that quick pow, 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 and he will answer. If you do it like Andy, he'll answer. Because the wind-up crow, it works. I've heard it too many times now. If he does not answer, you did not do it like me. Yeah, or he's not there. If you do that oh, and nothing gobbles, yeah. just leave. Just leave. Just he's, leave. Yeah, it's I mean, 100%. Yeah, that turkey's probably <laughs> in a different state. Yeah. But no, yeah. seriously, I, I think that actually does work, because... I had never seen that before, and in North Carolina, I believe, the first time that me and you went, Mm -hmm. you it was one of those muggy, humid, low-pressure days where nothing's really going to gobble, and you did that, and that was the only thing a turkey gobbled at, and he gobbled twice at it. That was the only thing he gobbled at all morning. 
yeah. then we went up on that hill, heard him drumming, and then you called him up, and he walked straight up, looked me square in the eyes, and then I shot like seven feet to the left of him. <laughs> so <laughs> the wind-up crow doesn't help with <laughs> your sight pattern, but <laughs> it did make him gobble. Yeah, I think I'd known you for about eight or nine months at that time, and that's the first time I'd ever heard you cuss. <laughs> Yeah, I was pretty upset. Uh, when I saw my pattern hit the tree that was like nowhere near the turkey, I'm like, holy cow, what on earth? Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, there's your calling tip of the week. Going to go with a locator call. Start your crow out like he's getting angry. Just try yeah. to think of like if you're a crow out in the woods and something's kind of aggravating you, how are you going to talk to it? And then all of a sudden you just kind of blurt it out at the end and that kind of shocks him into that gobble. Yeah, yeah, but you got to keep your ears open even when you're winding up, when you're starting out with that low, and you're getting louder and louder. You got to keep your ears Mm -hmm. open because you may get a gobble during that part. But yeah, it's just that little bit of something different. We've all heard crows do it, but we don't do it with our crow calls. It definitely worked. I've worked in Georgia mid-morning, worked in North Carolina. And speaking of which, you may get to hear it, uh, was your audio recording when you did the wind-up crow in Georgia? I don't know. Well, maybe we'll get to hear it next week because that's what we got on tap for you guys. We've got another hunt in Georgia that actually has audio. <laughs> so it's going to be a fun one. we got two different perspectives because I was calling 40 yards behind Andy and Chip, and Andy is recording him and Chip having a fun conversation. Mm. And it's going to be a good hunt. I think you guys are going to enjoy it. Maybe some powder burned again next week. Yes, indeed. Good deal. What's our favor of the week, Andy? The favor of the week this week is social media. If you guys will go to the I Am Turkey Hunting Facebook page and share the post for this week's episode, Cameron and I would be very appreciative of that. But wait, there's more. If you would also, those of you who are on Twitter, go to the Turkey Hunter Podcast Twitter page, which is my Twitter handle, at Turkey Hitman, and locate the post for this week's episode on Twitter and share that or retweet it, we would be doubly appreciative of that. Doubly. That's a great way to spread the word about the show lets everyone know that you listen to it, that you like it, that you recommend it, and you really don't even have to put any other comment on that retweet or on that share on Facebook because of the fact that you're retweeting or sharing it lets everyone know that you approve. It's got your vote of approval. So that's the favor of the week. We thank you for that, and we thank you guys so much for tuning in this week. We know that you have choices. We appreciate you spending your time with us. We hope you have a wonderful week, and we look forward to seeing you again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, 
how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.